Boss Lady Coaching Podcast is produced in part by Fort Knox Federal Credit Union. People helping people. Visit fortknoxfcu.org. Enjoy free tools at bethebosscoaching.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching. At Fort Knox Federal Credit Union, we've got your back through all of life's biggest moments. Like when your daughter looks in the mirror at the bridal shop and says, This is the one. When you walk through a home that you want to make your own. This is the one. Or when he tours the campus for the first time. This is the one. Fort Knox Federal Credit Union has money to lend for each of life's precious moments with low-rate loans for every celebration. Stop by a branch or visit fortknoxfcu.org for more information. Equal Opportunity Lender. Hi, I'm Holly Sexton, and welcome to this episode of the Boss Lady Coaching Podcast. We are back at Boss Lady Headquarters. We are a traveling podcast. Kayla Dalfit is with us, and we're going to talk with her about wisdom and wellness. And, of course, our fearless Boss Lady leader, Megan Stith, is in the studio, too. And we are getting ready to head down to Flywheel Brewery to do something we've never done before. We are. We're probably super pumped during this episode, especially because we will be doing our first live at anything. Thing, but especially a live podcast recording. So to have to keep everybody entertained for like an hour is, uh, we're excited. <laughs> I'm excited. But Slightly terrified. 1% terrified, 99% excited. <laughs> this is going to my Braver by the Day journal. Yes. Today. This is, that's what's in there for today. There will be beer, at least. So if it's, uh, we crash and burn, at least we can just buy everybody around and they'll forget all about it. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. Also, um, if you want to keep up with where we are, you can check us out on BeTheBossCoaching.com. And also thank you to our sponsors, Fort Knox Federal Credit Union, People Helping People. Now, Kayla and I know each other from things involving the radio station, and I didn't know that you had a broadcasting background, and we'll get into that for a minute. But tell me how you know Megan. Well, uh, at my previous employer, she walked in one day at her previous employer, and she came came in to talk to me and I guess the rest is history. I don't really So you've known each other since then. I love how our paths can change, but yeah. you're, we're still able to be connected mm-hmm. now in a different way. Yep. And you did a really hard job in radio sales. I did. It's mm-hmm. very difficult. Is your background in marketing? Um, it is. Yeah, sales and marketing. Yep. Tell us a little bit about your education, high school, that kind of thing. Are you from here? I am. I'm from Cecilia originally. I uh, grew up on Yates Chapel Road, so I guess it's closer to Howe Valley, um, but I'm from here. Um, my background comes from, I went to Central Harden, West Harden, and Howe Valley Elementary, so um, then I went to ECTC for two years, and then I went to L for two years and graduated um, 2014 with a bachelor's in communications. And you've used that communications degree in different capacities and different careers? Yes. Including I radio? Yeah, including radio. I was uh, in radio for Commonwealth Broadcasting for about a year and a half. Um, my first marketing experience, though, was before I graduated at Bluegrass Cellular. So I was doing some marketing for Bluegrass Cellular for a little while. Um, and then I moved on to um, a manufacturing facility. And then now I'm at a place called Lentis, and I work with Dow. And you're still doing the marketing. Yeah, I still but do that. Also, um, that helped you prepare for marketing your own business. Right. And so you reached out to us. Why did you reach out to the Boss Lady Network? Because I just really want to be able to um, really like put myself out there. And I see you guys are doing great stuff to help women, um, entrepreneurs, and things like that. So that's kind of that's what intrigued my intrigued my interest mm-hmm. <laughs> was just to kind of um, see what you all are doing and see you know 
to be the boss lady, to be, I don't know how to explain it, but <laughs> you're doing it. Part you're of doing it. it. Yeah. You well, asked, you reached out, right. and that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. It is. So I'm really proud of you for mm-hmm. getting in touch with Megan and saying, hey, can I join the network? So mm-hmm. welcome. Thank you. To the network. Um, you have to cut up a chicken, and no, I'm just kidding. That's not <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, The initiation begins. <laughs> initiation. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, when you came up with this idea for wisdom and wellness and starting your own business, what powered that? What fueled that? Just my past. Um, I used to have anorexia and binge eating. So um, being able to help people sh- that were struggling with body image and self-esteem and particularly eating disorders, that just being able to give something back to them that they may, something that they usually hide because I hid mine for a long time um, is just kind of what fueled me to to do this business is just to help help other people. And that's why when you reached out, so the name of your business being Wisdom and Wellness, mm-hmm. I was, at first I was like, yes, I need both of those. <laughs> by the way, that's I a brilliant that. name. Yeah, good job with it. That's, <laughs> it's so hard to come up with a name. Yes. So um, did that come as part of the process or was it an aha moment? Uh, probably an aha moment because I want to give people the wellness side, but also uh, wisdom from my own experience having an eating disorder and having Uh, body image issues for a long time so that's kind of the wisdom part and then the wellness is just my own approach to living a happy healthy free life pretty much when did that start for you when did and we and we all know everyone sitting here at the table knows that that is a product of our environment of being advertised to all of these things that we see tell us that we aren't good enough Mm -hmm. in a subliminal way so when did that start for you to have those body image issues um, I was thinking it used to be high school, but now that I've just really been working on this, it's probably more middle school. So not, um, I played softball my whole life until the last couple of years until I got a little older, but, um, anyway. Not going to be sliding <laughs> not in the home anytime soon. Not, but I played that for a while, so probably middle school, whenever I just kind of started comparing myself to other people, um, my other girls, you know, um, in their practices, I couldn't run or like, you know, make, you know, making myself doubt myself I know I'm saying myself a lot but so so feeling like you weren't good enough mm -hmm. because of comparison to other females yep comparing myself to them and what they could do and what I thought I couldn't do and um, just kind of looking at them and thinking oh they're so pretty and I wish I could have some American Eagle pants to wear around or you know um, just being able to I was looking at them instead of really looking at myself Mm -hmm. so um, like I said I had the anorexia and binge eating thing for 10 years so 15 is when I really started my first diet and then after having a diet um, it went into not eating hiding food and constantly eating and then um, hiding more food and then over exercising and then until I was so I'm I'm almost 30 <laughs> so 29 I, I was 24 that's whenever I decided that enough was enough it, you know a lot of us probably don't realize sometimes like I, I have an issue with this. It's, a, it's sometimes a very slippery slope. So how did that light bulb go off for you of this isn't healthy and I need help because I can't fix it on my own? I think finally I just realized, um, as cliche as this sounds, I just I wanted to get better. I know everybody says sick and tired of being sick and tired, but that's the way that I feel like explains it. Like I was tired of being moody and depressed and um like I said, hiding stuff um, from people that I loved, and and I just I felt horrible really, and I just knew that I needed extra help, and I didn't really know what to do to get there, but 
thank God I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, 10 years is a really yeah. long time. I mean, that's, I'm so glad you're here because mm-hmm. so many women lose a battle that is um, that rooted in um, such complex reasons and, and can be deadly. And I think sometimes we forget how dangerous this is. So, yeah. I mean, it, you're, I don't want to get too personal, but I'm sure you had some moments that it could have really been a life-threatening, or maybe it was. Yeah, I I definitely honestly thought about suicide a couple of times. That's probably something that I've never told a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but I definitely did. Like, that's something that I remember just one night where I I decided to have a binge, and I ate everything, and I just, I still never felt full, because when you're binging, you just you don't ever feel full. It's a terrible feeling. And you're like, you feel like this bottomless pit and you're just like, I wish I could eat more Mm -hmm. because I feel like if I eat more then I'm going to be able to deal with this thing, this, this shame or this fear or this, um, not feeling good enough, all those feelings. So there are times where you're just like, if I could eat more, you know, and it's so, it's just such a bizarre thing because it's a disassociation from yourself. Yep. Yeah. You don't even feel normal when you're doing it you actually at least for me I didn't even feel like I even knew what I was eating it's like an out-of-body experience yeah I kept grabbing mostly my thing was sweets like I would grab candy bars cookies ice cream and I would sit there and like eat it but never feel satisfied and I would sit there with like a whole thing of ice cream and I would still want to keep eating and eating and that's that's when I that was probably one of my lower points whenever I was like just felt shameful Mm -hmm. and I knew that you know no one knew that I was doing it but I just I felt awful I don't really know how else to and disgusting really I was just this disgusted um and that's when I just I, like I said as far as suicidal thoughts I've totally thought about that mm-hmm. a couple of times whenever I was at my low point when you talk to people now um has anybody said oh I, I recognize that in you or I saw that happening does anybody say that to you like family or friends or I saw you going through that and I didn't know what to say or were they completely oblivious honestly I would say um, my family knew but I don't think that they knew what to do (laughs) to be honest about that too I don't think that they knew what to do Um, I know I have really great parents they've been great they're still great but they just didn't know like and I don't think that they knew that it was as bad for me until I talk about it now so to hear me talk about it now they're like Kayla (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they just, um, they didn't know. And then, you know, my, it's just, they didn't know. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. They just, they didn't know. And as far as everybody else, high school, I don't think anybody knew. I think one time I remember um, somebody telling me, gosh, you look like that Kayla girl. You, you've lost a lot of weight. And I was like, yeah, I know. And, of course, no one knew that I was making myself do that. And then mm-hmm. I, would, I would hide food at the lunch table. I, I wouldn't eat with the rest of everybody. And then... Um, yeah, because secretive eating yeah. becomes a thing and a thing that you covet. Um, I compare it very much to uh, being an alcoholic or um, smoking or any other thing that's, um, again, that starts as this habit or reaction to. And what's interesting about that is it feeds off shame. So say you're, you are sexually abused or something happens and you already have shame there anyway. Well, then the eating or whatever that's not good for you, say bulimia or anorexia, that also causes a shame spiral so before you know it you are in that very low place mm-hmm. um I say you me mm-hmm. I get in that very low place so this is also a really tender spot for yeah. me and it's also a thing that I don't like people to touch mm-hmm. do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if somebody were to get near it it's like oh that's a bruise don't go there I'm still dealing with that thing so how do you help your clients 
with with processing all of that information and, and healing. Something that helped me was writing it down. Like that's the first thing that helped me the most was writing stuff down, writing whether it was whether I was having a bad day, like when I first started trying to recover, um, just learning how I'll start back, like learning how to eat again, like that's something I will go over with them. Um, just because I, I lost sense of how to eat. So intuitive eating is my specialty, I guess, if you want to call it that. But that's that's something that I um, stress to them. And then writing down thoughts, like whether it's just, I still feel horrible, but I'm going to eat this candy bar because blah, 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 or, you know, whatever. Just writing something down, and then you don't have to go back and read it, but just writing it down to get it off your chest, I guess, if you want to call so it. So owning it's it kinda, even, yeah. saying I'm eating this thing, and yeah. this is why. Yeah, like I know, like um, when I, I said intuitive eating, when I first started eating, I wanted nothing, I wanted sweets again because I never had them until I binged for so long that that's like what my body just wanted. Like I didn't want anything, I guess you could say normal, um, because my body didn't realize normal. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just wanted, you know, ice cream or, you know, something like that. And I had to allow myself those types of foods, even though they were scary because they were scary for so long, I had to realize that there's no good food or bad food. Um, and that's something that I stress all the time. There's no good food or bad food. So intuitive eating mm-hmm. and then understanding balance. And right. I'm going to ask maybe a silly question, but um, what is intuitive eating? To me, I'm thinking of, um, I don't think my intuition is always very good when it comes to food, probably not the healthiest. So how do you define that? Um, really just paying attention to your body and realizing what you're craving, even if it's, you know, like I'm a chocolate. I, I love I'm a chocolate. Cho- I have chocolate yes, problems. I, I love chocolate. Say, right here. <laughs> That's me. I can't walk by. <laughs> Hello, my name is Megan. I have <laughs> chocolate problems. If there is chocolate in the world, I have to go find it. Yes. <laughs> I had chocolate before I got here. They gave me some chocolate at work. So, <laughs> but no, um, really just paying attention to like what you are craving. Like it did take a while for me to realize, like I said, the whole good food, bad food. Like I had probably nothing but sweets at first because I didn't have them for a while and um, but really just paying attention to when you're hungry and when you're full and what makes you feel the best. So okay. even if it's a hamburger or one day it might be a salad, just being okay with having both. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting. I noticed how much habits play into my diet after the Christmas break. So um, as we were talking about changing work, sometimes that means different food cultures where all of a sudden I found myself in an environment where everybody has candy. Yes. <laughs> and we still have a lot of really good chocolate mm-hmm. leftover from Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I found myself like in this routine of I need to have some Hershey's Kisses just to get through this point in the day and um, keeping things around that I, I didn't used to do and I after luckily after being away from that environment for a couple weeks I could come back and uh, literally and luckily I had run out of candy before Mm -hmm. break so I could start from a fresh and clean slate but I I just noticed how much that I had was eating because not necessarily I was hungry but because I walked by that certain desk or because Mm -hmm. it was that time of day Mm -hmm. and uh, so that's as, as scary as that was to admit it was also encouraging that okay I can do something about this habit mm-hmm. if that's really what it is. Um, how do clients react to that? Um, Who've been conditioned their whole life to say this is good and this is bad. Well, it's it was it's like I'll use myself for an example, but definitely with the client. But it's it's weird because you you're in that mind for so long. Um, they're like, I can have cake, you know. I can have like what you know. I was I can't have cake on Weight Watchers or I can't have that's two points. I can't have that, you know, things of that. They're just used to or 
me, I was a huge calorie counter. Like, I used to count everything. I could still tell you the slice of fat-free cheese, but I won't. (laughs) I could tell you, like, every calorie. And having that mindset shift from realizing you can have something anytime you want, it changes your whole relationship with food. And that's what that's what really helped me and that's why I that's why I love intuitive eating that's why I like because I'm able to feel good about myself and the food choices and realize you know during the holidays here what a couple months ago or last month (laughs) December um, being able to have Christmas without worrying about bringing Kayla's diet food being able to have my mom's mashed potatoes and not feeling guilty like things like that that just really it felt freeing so that's Mm -hmm. all that's Hopefully that answers your question. It does. That's kind of how I um, definitely stress that is um, it's really freeing. Mm-hmm. And now we see that girls as young as eight years old and even some boys mm-hmm. are going on diets. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's nine. So mm-hmm. to think about that, you know, mm-hmm. sitting at the lunch table, they're wondering how many calories yeah. is in that ch- chicken nugget or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Like it's starting to obsess about that. And we all know practice makes perfect. So once you start practicing that, you turn into this lexicon of calories. And then before you know it, you're walking around not being your best self because you're so focused on what you're putting in your body. And you talked about excessive exercise. I've never had that problem. Mm-hmm. So what's that like? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it's, it's not it's it sounds terrible. I just know. <laughs> it is pretty terrible. But for, for me, it was um, really just not being able to sit still it was like one of my fears. So like constantly worrying about walking on my lunch break like constantly going to the gym and burning off every even if I didn't eat for the day because when you have anorexia you you don't eat <laughs> um, just constantly you know five and six hours a day um, I had this little thing called the gazelle I don't know if you remember that guy yeah. walking on the commercials mm-hmm. but I would go downstairs and I'd be like eh, 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 for like an hour and I would not feel like that wasn't enough so a couple hours would go by I may have something small to eat and then I'd have to go downstairs or go outside and just keep moving like I couldn't Mm -hmm. I couldn't sit still. Did that wreck your metabolism? Yeah. Eating like that and then exercising like that? Yeah, it wrecked my metabolism and a lot of other stuff. So, again, in the infinite game, Mm -hmm. you're looking at your physical health Mm -hmm. at that point, and then it's not about vanity anymore. So what changes have you made that are healthy Um, that have reversed those effects? As far as um, meditation, (laughs) that's something that I've done in the last couple of years, Um, just taking 10-15 minutes outside and laying on the couch before I go to work in the morning I I do a lot of guided meditation so I just put I that on. I love guided meditation. <laughs> yeah I do those <laughs> and then um those are free on YouTube yes. by the way just <laughs> yeah. look for guided meditation. I love the Australian guy. Jason Stevens. Jason yes. <laughs> yeah he's yes. my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah I do him and then there's a couple other ones like mindful movement um that's good and then um, Michael Seely. some of them are really really long but even if you just lay there for 15 to 15, 20 minutes, and then just, you know, be with your thoughts, good, bad, if you just lay still, that's something that helped me, and then as far as exercise, um, finding something that I really like, like, I still love to walk, like, I love being outside, I love to take, like, around the sports park, I like going around there, walking, um, just doing stuff like that, that's comfortable, but not, like, crazy, like, I kickboxing I still would probably love to go punch a bag but I'm not going to sit there and make myself do it if if I'm tired or if that doesn't feel healthy or doesn't feel right so that's kind of how I look at exercise now it's something that I really want 
to do because it's healthy, but I also don't want to have to make myself do it because you, that's what I've done. You're doing day. a lot of checking in with yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. In everything that you've mentioned, you're doing a lot of inventory. Yeah. How do I feel? Mm-hmm. Is you know, is this good? Is this something I want? I like that. Yeah, it helps because that's powerful. Thank you. Now it helps because it just like I said when I was so like obsessive about everything, I didn't ever check in with myself. I was always just doing it for the sake of doing it. I just I didn't have just oh, I thought I have to do this or but now I just if I don't want to do it, am I going to do it? <laughs> so that's kind of how that's how I look at it. Your wiring reminds me so much of myself mm-hmm. in that like I know I don't do moderation mm-hmm. well. <laughs> I know that about myself and and that's a challenge where um and I think that manifests it can manifest in so many different ways and um, you know, we all have our addictions and I have mine and, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're you know, addicted to drugs. You can be addicted to a lot of different things. And that means that's kind of why I had to get involved in what I'm doing now. And, and it sounds like we, we've had similar journeys in that it's about finding healthy things that you can channel that energy to. So it's not... Um, if, you're, if you just have this wiring, I think there is just this challenge involved with how do I do this... It channel this intense energy into something that's more productive than trying to deny myself this or go overboard and, and exercise or whatever that might be. So uh, I applaud you because it is a, it's a struggle to find those productive ways to uh, to channel. Yeah, it's hard channels. when you have two gears. Yeah, and I think everybody sitting here has yeah. two gears. <laughs> yes, and it's like well, like I was telling before you got here, I was telling Kayla on Saturday, I laid in bed and read a book, got up and ate laid in bed and read a book and slept and it's like it's either that or doing 10,000 things a day exactly you just said exactly what I was thinking yeah Yeah. it's like going full bore or just crashing you know yeah I need to we need to start like facebooking pictures of ourselves like I'm in bed doing nothing (laughs) (laughs) look at me doing nothing yeah because I think like the more um yeah just also giving ourselves that permission of like you don't always have to be 110 miles an hour but yeah it's really hard I've I'm still walking that balance uh, every day of how to how to be a little more in the middle, but I think recognizing that that's that's what happened for me. It was just realizing like, oh, you kind of suck at yes. <laughs> yep. being in the middle. Like yep. we've we've got to work towards that because of having those two gears. Yep. I hadn't thought about that. I, I did see something the other day on Instagram though. It was about of it was about taking photos of yourself or showing yourself not accomplishing anything, but just enjoying the Lux life. Yes. You know, just just relaxing every now and then. Well, people don't show that like on social media. It's just like here's how busy I am, and here's how much I'm doing, and here's how great everything is. And we might show ourselves like relaxing on the beach, or <laughs> you know, something that's like the humble brag of like look how easy I'm taking it. But like I need to just start doing that occasionally of like. Do you want to see all the things I binged on Netflix today? <laughs> this is what we watched. There is today. an off mode, and uh, this—it's not pretty, but this is what it looks like. So. Or that notification that comes up: Are you still watching? Oh, I'm yeah. like, of course I'm still watching. Yeah. Stop judging me. Had that a few times. <laughs> I love your calendar. You brought us a self-love discovery calendar. Uh, tell us about this and how this is a tool that your clients and boss ladies can use. Well, I just give this away, really, just for kind of a—I um, say self-love discovery because. I just want to give you 30, there's 30 different things on here um, that you can do each day or however often that you feel um, that are just kind of little tidbits that could help you um, along your way of actually truly loving yourself. So, um, 
I think this is valuable for the Boss Lady Network. Um, some of the things that are on here are surround yourself by those who lift you up, not put you down. That's definitely a, a sucker. Um, embrace and love the things that make you different. Again, that not comparing yourself to other people, but appreciating your gifts. Um, write a letter to someone who inspires you. Um, that's something that we could all do in lieu of eating a handful of Hershey Kisses, you know, at a, take that time and, and do something that requires our hands mm -hmm. and our brain. Um, turn off your phone and be present. Watch your favorite movie or show. Heck, watch several. <laughs> okay. You just said it. Netflix can have that yeah. one. <laughs> um, replace a negative thought with two positive ones. I think this is really powerful because science shows us over and over again that negative thoughts um, it just basically uses more of our brain power. Right. And it takes longer for us to get away from negative spiraling thoughts than it does positive thoughts. Yep. I think that sucks <laughs> for the record. Um, I don't but, know why it's set up that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, my call. but our brains are trained to hold on to those very powerful negative feelings. Mm -hmm. So what do you tell your clients when they get into a spiral? Um, don't beat themselves up because it, it does happen. Like, um, relapse all those things they they happen like there's been times like when I was like seven I was recovering that I was like why am I doing this like I just want to go back and you know like I said diet because that's what I was so used to like why am I changing and you know all those things are gonna happen you have to be okay with them happening but realize there's light at the end of the tunnel but also who do you want to be like realize um while you're doing it realize that it's okay that you you know if you mess up don't beat yourself up because that's so easy. That can be easily done is beat yourself up. But realize mistakes happen. But also just realize um, where you're trying to go go is much better than where you are right now. I if think, that makes sense. Yes, <laughs> and I think that it's powerful to factor in that you are going to relapse mm -hmm. and that you are going to have bad days. Mm -hmm. And um, Megan's given me a really powerful tool with that to say, okay, you get this amount of time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> The camp out in the valley of the shadow. Yes, <laughs> you can't stay there. You have to walk through it. But there were some things that I went through last year that I would have stayed there for a week or so in my brain. Mm -hmm. And I would have made bad choices with food and with every other, everything else that I needed because I didn't have a get out of jail time. Mm -hmm. And Megan was always like, okay, you have this amount of time and then you have to do something. And having that power to say, okay, I get to feel bad about it, that eight hours or so. Um, I wouldn't recommend any more than 24 hours, but that eight hours or so and then get process the feelings and get through it, but then say, okay, now I'm going to do something positive that may not even be related to what that other thing was that I was dealing with. But just doing something, yep. some kind of action, gave me my power back. Right. And even if I didn't deal with that thing right at the time, it was like, I'm moving forward. I'm not camping out. No, I'll I'm say, like, forward. my poor husband's heard me before saying, I'm having a pity party tonight. Just so you know. <laughs> Either you're invited or you're not. If it's really bad, you don't even want to be invited to that. You just want to steer clear. And, uh, but you don't have to come. Yeah, but when you, t like, I, it's just helped me to be able to say, because it puts this, like, fence around the feelings of, like, not to say don't feel them because you have to be able to process these mm -hmm. things and you can't just be in denial of, mm -hmm. of how you feel. But I think when there's 
some type of conversation where you say, this is how I feel and this is the boundaries I'm giving myself to let this in and then how how I'm going to move forward from here. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just a cool trick that's helped me because I'm like, it's I'm the overthinking trick. queen. Like <laughs> I'm not preaching this because it's super easy. It's mm-hmm. because like I've had to unwire these tendencies to like obsess over things yep. that aren't worth obsessing over. And it's a hard lesson and a hard thing to change, but you're doing exactly that with your clients of rewiring those tendencies. Yeah. You are in, it takes practice. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> so how have you helped your clients be successful? Um, just being able to be, be a friend, really. Just um, that's first thing that comes to my mind is just being able to relate to them because I've been there and really just just being there. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the scope of your practice? I mean, when people mm-hmm. contact you, what's the process like and mm-hmm. what can they get help with? Okay. Um, well, usually I'll do... I call everything's kind of a self-love discovery here, but I do a self-love discovery call too. So that's kind of something that I do first, um, just to kind of not it's not an interview or anything, but it's just really to kind of see where they're at. So that you, I say it's free for an hour. Um, if it takes less than an hour, that's fine. If it goes over a little bit, that's fine. Just not five hours, unless you really, really <laughs> maybe that much to discover. <laughs> right, set some boundaries. Right. Okay, so maybe that free hour uh-huh. first consultation, mm-hmm. and then what happens? Um, and then we usually do like I do like a little kind of questionnaire, um, just to see kind of where they're at. So something like you know, um, a question may be like you know, uh, how often do you weigh yourself, or uh, why you know, might maybe do they struggle with just anorexia? Do they struggle with just being confident in the mirror for? One day, you know. Oh, water. so maybe like body dysmorphia. Body. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And like okay. um, body image, things like that. So just kind of like where they're at and then what they want to accomplish and how I can help them reach that goal. So that's what the self-love discovery call is. Um, and then what I would do next is if they say, okay, you know, this sounds like of interest. Is I'm excited to, you know, give them some time. I do a little questionnaire just kind of again to see, you know, what it kind of helps me realize what what they're going through in a a different way so some questions like um you know how often do you weigh yourself or um do you constantly compare yourself to other people or how long have you been on a diet or have you went on a diet things like that that just kind of helps me see where they are and then um my little pro my program is called intuitively you so there's the intuitive word again but that's (laughs) intuitively you um that's when i go over more in detail of how intuitive eating works um it's four months long um, the whole thing, but the intuitive eating uh, was my first month, and then the second month is body image and self-esteem. Third one is more into stress, stress management, how to go over um, stress tips to how to help you relax, and the last one is nutrition. So even though, um, you know, dieting and things like that, but I, f- I feel to put nutrition in there because it is important. So that's why I put that in there. Um, what have you learned about nutrition in your journey? Um, really just that our body, like after you really start paying attention to it, that even though um, I, cr- I crave healthy food too most of the time. Like as, as, as crazy as that sounds, like I just learning how to pay attention to my food choices um, doesn't, make, doesn't make me look like I'm on a diet. I just really care about myself. So putting myself um, first, even though I may choose a gluten-free bagel or something, it doesn't mean that I'm dieting. It just means that I really care about myself and being able to make those choices um, willingly because I love myself doesn't make me on a diet it just makes me 
aware. I'm not what sure how else to say that. <laughs> what have you seen from your clients mm-hmm. when it comes to diets? Mm-hmm. Um, are they successful with having restrictions or parameters, or do they do better overall just knowing, again, being intuitive and saying, if I eat this, I will feel this way. If I, you know, like what works for them, diet or no diet? Uh, no diet. <laughs> I'm all about no diet. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no diet. I'm, all, I'm a, yeah. I'm no dieting, so there's a definitely no diet in their future. <laughs> so, um, but that's uh, that's something that I really stress is you know, um, no just live. Like if you want if you want the whole grain bagel or you want the sesame seed extra cream cheese bagel, go for it. Go <laughs> that's for something it. that I'm. That's what I really stress is don't feel guilty. What have you seen that's transformative for your clients? Um, just being able to 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 love themselves. That's why I guess I'm so stuck on the whole self love part, but. Being able to see, you know, who they are and um, maybe even what got them there. Like I said, something that I just started doing is, or here a while back, is just realizing why I did what I did in the first place. Like that, it still hits me on the head all the time. I'm like, oh, that's why. And all the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you were so meant to say that. <laughs> I've been doing so much self discovery yeah. with a friend mm-hmm. who's been going through therapy and she called me one day. She's like, I'm so angry. She's like, I just realized I do A, B, C, D, E, F, G in relation to this thing that happened to me that was traumatic. And she's like, now I'm angry. I feel like I've wasted all this time and, and now I have to change my habits. And I was like, get through the anger part. You be angry. Get through the angry part. And then once you start to realize this doesn't serve me anymore, this does, or I did this thing in reaction to or whatever. So what you're talking about is the whole person. Yeah. So we're not just talking about eating here. We're right. not talking about food here. We're talking about wellness. The whole mind-body connection, if you want to call it that. Like, that's my thing, too, is, like, for the long haul. Like, you know, um, it may be – I may have started out at 15 with an eating disorder, but at 24 I realized i got to stop. And then now at 26 I was like, okay, I'm still improving. And now I'm, I'm about to be 30. Then there's there's always something to learn if that makes sense too like there's always that's there's always something like there's things that still like I said that hit me I'm like oh that's that that's the only way I can explain it (laughs) and what role does therapy play for your clients because I think Mm -hmm. that's important I I hear sometimes um you know folks that reach out to me for coaching and and as you're having those exploratory conversations and I'm glad you do that with folks before you take them on because sometimes they really need therapy and they don't understand that like coaching is different and Mm -hmm. like you might need professional help but I'm a big fan of if you need that help get it and and I think being able to dig into some of those whys um, can often happen in that setting whereas you can come to those realizations too through coaching but um how do you how do you find that balance in terms of if folks need more intensive help, um, being able to connect them with those resources without discouraging them. I always just say that I have a little disclaimer too, but they sign it. You know, I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't prescribe medicine. I'm not here, you know, um, to to give you therapy, but I'm here for just extra support. Like I said earlier, just to really give you that. I've been there, done that extra support, but a therapist will definitely be able to give you the medicine and be able to give you... Um, you know, the evaluations and things like that, that I cannot do. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I make sure that I tell them that I'm not here to give you the medicine and anything. I'm just here really to support your overall health and experience. (laughs) And there's something I want to ask too, because I think it's so important for anybody that's listening that maybe recognizes some addictive behaviors or um, habits that they might have. and, And if they feel the need to reach out and get help, um, 
how do you encourage people to do that? And, and maybe even more personally, how did you reach out for that help? Because I, I want to make sure that anybody that's listening knows that if you need help, get it. Mm-hmm. And I think that empowerment starts with sharing stories. So are you comfortable sharing how that happened for you? Yeah, how, how I um, got help in mm-hmm. the first... Um, well, I was just... I, I was sitting at home one day, and I just... Um, I started having panic attacks, and I just realized that, you know, I, I was going through depression with my whole eating thing, and I was on anxiety medication and stuff, but um, just being able to um, realize that I, could, I couldn't do it alone, really. I just, I couldn't, couldn't deal with it anymore, and I needed, I needed somebody to talk to, and yes, my parents and everybody was there, but I needed somebody else. So being able to kind of take the initiative and say, who can I talk to that understands or won't tell the world what I'm going through and that's where therapy helped me because I, I seen a counselor when I was going through my journey I seen uh I talked to her for for about a year about some of the stuff um that I was doing and everything else um and and therapy is definitely beneficial so if you see a therapist there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> and there's so many ways now with all of the technology uh, that you can I, phone a therapist I know I needed chat. there are times I needed that and mm-hmm. and I should have, or I guess I wish the um, the technology had been there where I, I probably would have been more comfortable mm-hmm. reaching out for help. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we live in an amazing mm-hmm. time, and, and that's really what we wanted to be able to make sure, you know, what this network that we're creating is here for mm-hmm. is giving women access to support, and mm-hmm. whether it's coaches or whether it's just that encouragement to say, if you need help, mm-hmm. whatever we can do to help you get it, mm-hmm. get it, because mm-hmm. that's it's not worth letting things hold you back yeah definitely it's um it's not worth and it's not it's nothing to be ashamed of like I was I never thought that I was gonna go to one you know but like when I did um it it really got stuff off my chest and brought up things that I didn't even think about and make me think of them in a different way and um it's definitely worth and there's things online you can go to there's support groups there's like I said the technology but there's definitely stuff out there that can help um so yeah, mm-hmm. use it. <laughs> use it. <laughs> Before we go, because it's time for us to wrap it up, um, what would you like to share with our listeners um, okay. from your heart? Because you're passionate about this, not just your growing your business, but about helping people. Really, that you're worthy, and um, I think you're beautiful. So um, I just, I really, I would urge you to um, realize that you're not alone. I, I was the girl that felt alone for a long time. I don't want you to have to go through that. So I'm here. (laughs) This Boss Lady Coaching Podcast episode is produced in part by Fort Knox Federal Credit Union. People helping people. Visit fortknoxfcu.org. Enjoy free tools at bethebosscoaching.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Boss Lady Coaching. All podcast content is property of Megan Stiff, Holly Sexton, and podcast guests. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.